Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US, UK, Patriot. A uh, bit of a disclaimer here. Today is actually the 13th of October when I'm recording this because tomorrow is my birthday and I'm going to be out and about. So it'll be up until UK time 5 p.m. on the 13th. But I think it's going to cover a lot of useful information that is kind of the big picture again rather than just the daily minutai. So the title of today's show is Mass Sacrifice, Israel New, U.S. Playing Both Sides, Atrocity Propaganda. So you may guess from the title of the show that this is very much focused on the Israel-Palestine situation and the Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel and so on, because, you know, this is uh, an event that has quite monumental potential ramifications that can affect the whole world, uh, leading potentially to a Middle East war and even potentially a World War III. Uh, that's what the deep state, the Illuminati, the cabal, the WEF, the UN want because it's all part of their depopulation agenda which you'll realize if you followed any of my previous radio shows. So I'm going to start again with a Ben Fulford report, and in fact two, because on October 7th, which was just after this um, atrocity that happened um, in Israel, he put out an emergency news alert the people of Gaza are about to be sacrificed to Satan unless the world acts. And I got quite a bit of pushback on this from the people that I shared it with. Uh, but they, you know, you have to remember that we're in a spiritual war here. We are in a battle between good and evil. And I think you'll understand as I go through the information on today's show that this is exactly what we're dealing with in this situation. So on this particular short report, he says both Mossad and MI6 sources confirmed the attack on Israel by Hamas was orchestrated by Benjamin Netanyahu in order to create an excuse for the mass slaughter of the Palestinian people. This is meant to be a sacrifice to Satan intended to start a nuclear holocaust. The Israeli military and Israeli people need to arrest Netanyahu and his satanic gangster followers. They are the ancient enemies of the Jewish people, and we need to finish them off once and for all. And I've said on several occasions from the information that I've um, seen along the way is that the Jewish people are very different from the Zionists and the Khazarian Mafia who have kind of taken over Israel and other places, posing as Jews when actually they aren't. And there's a lot of history to this about uh, the Khazarian Mafia being forced in history to adopt a religion, and they chose the Jewish religion, even though they were continuing on with their worship of Satan. The second report is his normal weekly uh, report. It was put out on the 9th of October, on Monday again. And the title is Cult of Baal Stages Mass Sacrifice of Jews and Palestinians in Doomed Attempt to Get Money. 
The massive so-called attack by Hamas against Israel last week proves the Khazarian mafia just don't get it. Like the boy who cried wolf, they have lost the ability to fool and manipulate the world with staged incidents. The mass sacrifice to Satan last week of Jews and Palestines by would-be God-King Benjamin Netanyahu is a glaring example. Despite posting horrific and heart-wrenching images of suffering Israelis in their corporate propaganda press, nobody was fooled, except for a small remaining pocket of Kool-Aid drinkers. Here is the real story of what happened behind the scenes according to Mossad MI6 and Russian FSB sources. The head of MI6, who happens to be Jewish, said the KM have always used the Jewish people and Judaism as a human shield for their satanic and nefarious purposes. They are a deeply rotten, well-known and well-hated bunch of creeps. We went on false flag footing nearly instantly after hearing about it. Mossad's sources agreed, noting the Gaza Strip and West Bank were so thoroughly monitored by the Israelis that not even a grain of rice can enter there without them knowing about it. In other words, the massive attack on Israel by Hamas had to have been orchestrated by Netanyahu and his minions. And there's a tweet here from um, someone who served in the IDF, the um, the Israeli Defense Force. I served in the IDF De Defense Force 25 years ago in the intelligence forces. There's no way, in my view, that Israel did not know what's coming. Something is very wrong here. The person who made this video is Efrat Fenixen, and she has a substack. And I've jumped to that because there isn't the actual video embedded in Ben's report. So I've had to go to the actual substack. I'm going to play this video for you. It's only short, so um, but she explains everything. October 7th, 2023. This is Efrat Fenningson, and I'm here to share an update from Israel-Hamas war, which started this morning. I'm going to share some key details and concerns mostly based on Israeli citizens' voices from the ground and based on official statements. This is a very tough day for me and for us in Israel, and it is tough for people of Palestine too, especially now that Israel is starting to attack back. This war and every war is a horrible thing for everyone involved, except for those who get rich from it, right? This morning, around 6 a.m., Around sunrise, hundreds of Hamas terrorists, at least 300, breached the border fence in multiple places, completely unimpeded, leading to terror attacks and kidnappings in Israeli towns or villages. The terrorists infiltrated a significant number of dryland outposts, as well as a naval, naval infiltration point in Zikim. As we speak, Israel is actively engaged in combat in 22 outposts, this is from the IDF statement, the official statement. The attacks have already resulted in over 100 casualties and more than 100 kidnaps of Israeli citizens. In one village, 50 Israelis have been taken hostage, leaving people locked in shelters for long periods of eight to nine hours without rescue. By the way, the 100 kidnappings is not the official number. It's what we hear from people on the ground I think official numbers talk about 30 or 40 people, but we know there are more. Um, in some places, the terrorists were burning the village and people didn't know if to leave the shelter and surrender or stay and pray for the fire to not reach them. Many young people who were in a big outdoor party near the Gaza Envelope villages were attacked there. Some ran away, some were injured, and some are still missing. Apparently, Israeli defense forces that were supposed to be around Gaza were placed around the West Bank because of security concerns so that the, the Gaza envelope was left unoccupied with military. They say around 60 to 80 percent of that area was left without the IDF forces that were supposed to be there. 
Soldiers are being recruited for reserves as we speak from uh, this morning, but because of stupid reasons such as no public transport, they're waiting hours to get to the bases. Mainstream media, this is an interesting point, apparently uh, admits that IDF spokesperson is forbidding them to tell the complete truth about what's happening, highlighting a lack of transparency. And this is to the Israeli citizens. I'm not even talking about overseas. I'm talking about to the people of Israel here. For hours and hours, the reports that came from the mainstream media were completely lacking and people started to rely mostly on the news from each other, from people on the ground. Only now, 6 p.m. Israel time, or it's actually 7 already, uh, 12 hours after the event started, we received the first formal statement from the IDF spokesperson, and I will include an article with that statement in the notes. A year ago, there was a military operation in Gaza to prepare for such events, and ongoingly there are trainings for these kind of scenarios. This raises serious questions for me, anyway, about Israeli intelligence. What happened? Two years ago, there were... Um, there was a successful deployment of underground barriers with sensors to alert exactly on these kind of terrorist breaches. Israel has one of the most advanced and high-tech armies. How come there was zero response to the border and fence breaching? I cannot understand that. Personally, I served in the IDF 25 years ago in the intelligence forces. There's no way, in my view, that Israel did not know of what's coming. A cat moving alongside the fence is triggering all forces. So this? What happened to the strongest army in the world? How come border crossings were wide open? Something is very wrong here. Something is very strange. This chain of events is very unusual and not typical for the Israeli defense system. With the recent normalization efforts of Israel and Palestine led by Saudi Arabia, I wonder whether a prisoner's exchange deal is something that could only be seriously considered by Israel if a shocking event like that happened. Is it a possibility that only with Israel hostages it can be justified to release dangerous prisoners from Israeli prisons? I don't know. Mainstream media reported that Deputy Hamas leader Salah al-Aruri suggests using Israeli prisoners for leverage in negotiations, so maybe. A point about the situation in Israel in the past few years, which I want to make, is related to, uh, and those who follow me know, that there's a general sense of insecurity in Israel, there's political and social instability and unrest, public funds are being misused on agendas such as COVID, climate, judicial reform, abolishing cash, and many more. The current government is highly corrupt in my view, while the previous one was no better. I don't care about having a popular opinion. I care about exposing evil forces wherever and whomever they are. So to me, this surprise attack seems like a planned operation on all fronts. This is a failure to protect the people of Israel, for sure. Perhaps the biggest failure since the Yom Kippur War exactly 50 years ago, if not bigger. By the way, is it a coincidence it's exactly 50 years ago, almost on the day? The Yom Kippur War was on October 6, 1973. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say that this feels like the work of the deep state. It feels like the people of Israel and the people of Palestine have been sold once again to the higher powers that be. At the same time, this is still very, very difficult to fathom. Have a good evening. And then shares a tweet or a, an ex-post, as it should be now, from Exposing Wonderland. Be weary of images coming out of Israel that, quote, happen to be caught on video, end quote. What did you learn from the images from Syria? How are they affecting your emotions? Your opinion is being crafted. They need your support for war. Don't let them influence you. And of course, we've seen people jumping on the bandwagon of I support Israel and I support Palestine. This mind game, this psyop again, is going forward full speed. 
And it's like we didn't get what we wanted from Ukraine. So everybody that put with I stand with Ukraine flags up are now moving to I stand with Israel or I stand with Palestine. The manipulation of people's minds and the extent to which they're falling for it is just unbelievable in my view. Carrying on, a Russian FSB source described the situation as follows. About 60 people, including Biden and his son, Hillary and her team, they all know they will go to jail if they lose the Ukrainian war. So to save their asses, they need some victory, and Ukraine is not suitable for that, while China-Taiwan is too risky. So they chose to destroy the Palestinians. Hamas is part of the plan of moving Israel to the land of Ukraine. Basically, the war in Israel and Ukraine is won. The Zionists want to have a bigger land far away from Iran and other Muslim countries, so the Ukrainian territory was chosen to relocate Jews there after the destruction of Israel. In the past 18 months, about half a million Ukrainians died. In the war, 3.5 million Ukrainians migrated to Europe and 2.5 million to Russia. So in total, the population has been reduced by 6.5 million. The population of Israel is 9.3 million. So the war in Ukraine will be over in 2025 when another 3 million die. Then the new Khazaria will be built on the spilled blood. The secret history of Israel-Saudi relations. And this is a screenshot from an article on Haaretz, A-A-A-R-E-T-Z. And it reads, why Hollywood's alleged sexual predators love moving to Israel. It's a safe bet that being a haven for Jewish sexual predators wasn't the intention when Israel's Declaration of Independence proclaimed the country would open its doors to Jewish immigration and the ingathering of the exiles. And it was posted on October 3rd, authored by Maya Lecker. This will not be allowed to happen. The UN Security Council had an emergency meeting about the attack. And even though they did not issue a statement, they agreed Israel did not have a casus belli, justification for war. The reason the attack was staged at this time is because the KM money laundering via Ukraine has been cut off. The KM were hoping to use this Gaza show to get sympathy money to buy time until 2025 when they are planning to stage some sort of horrific atrocity, MI6 sources say. Another reason Netanyahu rushed the attack was because Iranian intelligence scored a major coup. Iranian intelligence sources inform us the confidential information of Netanyahu's office is in the hands of Iranians. As part of their intelligence hoard, they obtained a list of personal information and pictures of Netanyahu's opponents that he kept with him, including Ehud Barak, Benny Gantz and Ehud Olmert. The sources said, we have also obtained special information from the list of foreign journalists who received bribes from Netanyahu's office. This list includes European, American and Israeli journalists and all the special information and amounts they have received are stated in it. All personal pictures and confidential files were removed from Netanyahu's office through an electronic memory and are now with Iran's security institutions and will be published, they add. So in other words, Netanyahu needed to fake an emergency in order to anoint himself as God King of Israel before this embarrassing information leak became widely known. The real question, of course, is why that mass murderer Netanyahu is in charge of Israel instead of in jail or hell where he belongs. Another bit of embarrassing information is that Hamas is claiming Ukraine sold them the weapons, US funded, that they used in the attack against Israel. Then for some reason they're putting out a story about $6 billion that went to Iran and was then used to fund the attacks in Israel. Since the fake coup in Russia by Yevgeny Bukotsin was also a $6 billion show, it is a good bet to predict there will be one more $6 billion show in the near future to complete the satanic 666 number the KM likes so much. 
Regardless, now that the big Hamas performance has ended in failure, there's been a lot of backpedalling by the Israelis. Just as this report was about to go live, for example, we were sent a video of an attack being staged like a movie. We also got contacted by an Israeli whistleblower who told us their entire Iron Dome anti-missile defence was a fraud. Israeli scientist and award-winning security expert Dr. Moti Sheffer says today there is no missile which can intercept other missiles or rocket-propelled grenades. And the Iron Dome is a light audio system which blocks Israeli public opinion and, of course, itself. In fact, all the explosions that we have seen in the atmosphere are self-destruction. The Iron Dome did not launch any rocket that could intercept at least one missile fired from Gaza. So the Israelis are trying to say it was all fake. Unfortunately, their track record shows they do real mass murder along with the theatrics. Next, the corporate propaganda press in the West started coming out with crocodile tear, feel sorry for the Palestinian stories, coupled with calls for a two-state solution. The map of ever-shrinking Palestine land shows you this has always been lip service meant to buy time. And it's got a screenshot of, over history, Palestinians expelled. In 1948, Zionist military forces expelled at least 750,000 Palestinians and captured 78% of historic Palestine. The remaining 22% was divided into the West Bank and Gaza Strip. The real motive for this call is to try to derail the deal Gulf monarchies like Saudi Arabia are reaching to fund the US military in exchange for protection. This deal involves Israel absorbing the Palestinians into the Israeli state. Doing so would cut off the big money laundry of, quote, aid for Palestine, end quote, that the KM has been using for years. Speaking about money laundering, Ukrainian officials are now starting to release exact bribe numbers received by U.S. officials as kickbacks for Ukrainian aid. And it's got a screenshot of the list. Joe Biden, 92 million. Mitch McConnell, 89 million. Nancy Pelosi, 86 million. Chuck Schumer, 66 million. Lindsey Graham, 82 million. Mitt Romney, 71 million. John Cornyn, 41 million. Adam Schiff, 62 million. Dan Crenshaw, 20 million. Liz Cheney, 77 million. Kevin McCarthy, 42 million. Jamie Raskin, 38 million. Mike Pence, 61 million. Greg Pence, 17 million. Rick Scott, 63 million. Hakeem Jeffries, 74 million. Ilan Omar, 33 million. Elizabeth Warren, 42 million. So all the usual suspects there. Note that former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy allegedly got $42 million. This would explain why he betrayed his fellow Republicans and allowed the Washington, D.C. circus to finance itself for another 45 days. I guess the D.C. clowns were hoping the Hamas show would then fool the world into letting the whole farce continue even longer. There's another Ukraine angle that's starting to emerge, cocaine. Russia's President Vladimir Putin says the FSB, Federal Security Service, found five kilograms of cocaine along with 10 billion rubles during an investigation into a plane crash that killed top Wagner commanders. Recall that Wagner Chief Prigozhin's Shabad death cult partner Vladimir Zelensky is famous for his cocaine use. Then recall that another supporter of the Ukraine genocide, Justin Castrudo of Canada, was also found with large amounts of cocaine in his plane at a recent G20 meeting in India. Cocaine from South America has been one of the main sources of income for the Nazis since the end of World War II. The former head of MI6 told us the KM Nazis bought 1,000 miles of coastline in Patagonia where they plan to hide out after they destroy the Northern Hemisphere in an all-out nuclear war. That war is now planned for 2025, multiple sources agree. That is why cutting off the money laundering via the Ukraine and shutting down the US corporation before then is so important. 
The Ukraine is definitely being cut off. The US Congress has ended all new funding for Ukraine. Then the UK government followed by announcing it would no longer send either arms or money to the Zelensky regime. Next in line came Poland with their government also cutting the criminal state of the Ukraine off from all support. Another Ukrainian neighbour, Slovakia, joined the club by putting pro-Russia Prime Minister Robert Fico's populist party back into power, vowing to stop sending weapons to Ukraine. Finally, the Nazi EU was also forced to admit it could no longer support the crime regime that is the Ukraine. This prompted Putin to declare that Ukraine will, quote, only last a week, end quote, without foreign help. The last place to support the mass-murdering criminal Zelensky is his fellow mass-murderer Justin Castrudeau of Canada. He is not expected to last long either. The man is so hated he cannot appear in public in Canada without being attacked. He is also flaunting his corruption. Look at him wink at the new Speaker of the House at the Canadian Parliament to see what a creep he is. No wonder Putin calls Castrido an idiot or a villain. Even the ladies in his regime appear to know better. Look at the faces of his Nazi handler, Christia Freeland, and Zelensky's wife, Elena, in the video below. Obviously, I can't show you that, but it uh, gives you an idea. She knows exactly what kind of corruption, the slaughter of innocent men, trafficking of innocent children, and other monstrosities her husband is involved in. She knows it's coming to an end, and they will pay the ultimate price, a Mossad source comments. By the way... Elena recently spent $1.1 million in a single shopping spree at Cartier, according to Polish intelligence. So this is apparently where at least some of the aid money went. This information was leaked after she had a Cartier employee fired for having a bad attitude, the sources say. It's already game over for Zelensky. Where will he go and hide? There's about a 98% chance he will have an accident. He has already been tossed under the bus, the Mossad source says. There is a similar chance the US corporation itself will get tossed under the bus. The numbers say it all. And the chart he included shows total US debt hit a record $33.442 trillion, up $275 billion in one day. Financial institutions are also mathematically doomed. U.S. Treasury bonds with maturities of 10 and 30 years have fallen respectively by 46 and 53 percent since March 2020. That sort of loss explains why just four banks, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Citigroup Citibank, accounted for $4.185 trillion of uninsured deposits, or 59% of all uninsured deposits, at all 4,645 federally insured institutions. Citibank, after getting the largest bailout in US history in 2008, now has $1.34 trillion in uninsured deposits. Since these banks own the Federal Reserve Board and the US Treasury, this might explain why their headquarters are now covered up in white plastic. The financial crisis is also affecting Main Street. U.S. commercial Chapter 11 bankruptcies have gone up 61% in the first nine months of 2023, according to Epic Bankruptcy, which provides U.S. bankruptcy filing data. No wonder the fake Joe Biden is no longer even pretending to be president, as you can see from the exchange below. Journalist, what's your advice to the next House Speaker? Joe Biden, that's above my pay grade. He's telling you he is an actor without telling you. Of course, going bankrupt is the least of the worries for the families that own the US corporation. Getting hanged is their real worry. For example, according to Russian President Vladimir Putin, Klaus Schwab Rothschild is a globalist terrorist who is holding humanity hostage. During a speech in Soki, he warned that the days of this elite are numbered. In the US, Senator Rand Paul says Anthony Fauci should be in prison for being a traitor. That is too kind. The corpses of thousands of children killed by Anthony Fauci in illegal medical experiments have been uncovered in Hawthorne, New York, 
strengthening the case to have the former NIH director charged with crimes against humanity and crimes against children. It is not just Fauci. A Russian government spokeswoman says Coca-Cola Company is implicated in the purchase of children from Ukraine. They also claim black market organ harvesting has taken place on a large scale there. All deep state minions will be publicly exposed and prosecuted. Mass murder by vaccine will, the crime will most likely get them executed. Here is a fraction of the evidence for this. Official data released by Canada's government shows that 74% of triple vax Canadians now have vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome, VAIDS. Yes, that's AIDS caused by the vaccine. Compared to the natural immune system of their unvaccinated counterparts, the data reveals that the double vaccinated population across Canada has now lost on average 73% of their immune system capability. The triple vaccinated population across Canada has now lost on average 74% of their immune system capability. So much damage has now been done that the figures show the double vaccinated population are on average 3.8 times more likely to be infected with COVID-19 and 3.3 times more likely to die of COVID-19 than the unvaccinated population. In the UK as well, 92% of deaths were due to COVID-19 in 2022 was among the triple vaccinated government data shows. The data is available on the ONS website, that's Office of National Statistics. Russia is also involved. Sputnik V vaccines with a substance other than the one tested were delivered to Slovakia. The Russian fund is of the opinion that Slovaks had no right to test the vaccine in laboratories that are not part of official European Union facilities. Now it turns out the elite themselves were not taking the vaccine they were forcing on everyone else. This has been proven in New Zealand and elsewhere. Who terrorist boss Tedros, who says he did not take the vaccine, congratulates the Nobel Prize winners whose mRNA tech has enabled safe and effective injections against COVID. He's going to regret these words and the Nobel Committee will be held responsible for rewarding mass murder. Many are already trying to weasel their way out of responsibility. The Biden administration is rewriting the history of COVID. Today, the head of OSHA claimed... We didn't demand that anyone be fired despite issuing a worker vaccine mandate for 84 million Americans that was struck down by the Supreme Court. And there's a screenshot of an article, Most Americans Refuse to Comply with Biden's COVID Shot Demands, poll shows. Oh, so much backpedalling going on now. They are slippery eels trying to wiggle their way out of the noose which awaits them. We won't forget you will all hang. You can be sure the KM will try some more horrific stunts to try to avoid justice. One stunt is sure to involve all those military-aged men they have smuggled into the US and Europe. A Uber driver says a middle-aged male migrant told him he is a soldier whose salary is paid by the UN. He was given a credit card ID and told to live in the US and wait for further instructions. Next, look closely at all the invaders found in Europe recently. They all have the same clothes and shoes. None of them paid for their boat trip passage to Europe. It's all financed directly by the UN via the NGOs. These men need to be rounded up and placed in detention before they get their UN further instructions. The other thing the KM is doing is threatening the world with their weather and earthquake weapons. We have been informed a high-energy neutrino device in Antarctica caused three major earthquakes on October 6th and 7th, 2023. Maybe someone should remind the KM that nuclear weapons can reach Antarctica. There is much that we cannot report yet, but keep an eye out for public arrests and resignations of very senior people. If you see the likes of Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab being paraded in handcuffs in front of the cameras, you will know justice is finally being done. Now, I know I said I was focusing on the um, Hamas-Israeli situation, but I thought it was worth including what Ben was saying about all the other things going on in the world, like all the vaccine criminals and so on. 
So Armageddon Pros at Substack.com. Evidence amounts that Israeli intelligence allowed Hamas attack to occur. It seems fairly obvious, actually, especially after the video that I shared with you. Uh, via Washington Post, security experts say the war is the result of severe intelligence and military failures. Hamas and Islamic Jihad militants have been training for weeks near the Israeli border, drilling in rocket launches, kidnapping soldiers and storming settlements. Aaron Z.V. Farkash, former head of the Israel Defense Forces Military Intelligence Branch, told Israeli radio station Reshet Bet that after we are able to probe this, we will see that we knew almost everything. There were intelligence assessments hours before. The question is, did we understand what we knew? Egyptian intelligence, which would be in a position to know something, given that Egypt controls part of Gaza's borders, reportedly warned Israeli intelligence repeatedly that Hamas was planning something big. Via Insider, before the Palestinian militant organisation Hamas launched its unprecedented large-scale attacks on Israel over the weekend, the Israeli government was repeatedly warned that something big was brewing from the group that controls the Gaza Strip, an Egyptian intelligence official told the Associated Press. Yet Israeli officials downplayed the threat from Gaza and instead focused on the occupied West Bank. The anonymous Egyptian intelligence official claimed the news outlet reported on Monday. We have warned them an explosion of the situation is coming and very soon. And it would be big, but they underestimated such warnings, the Egyptian official told the AP. The Egyptian officials said that Egypt, which has historically acted as a mediator between Israel and Hamas, told Israel repeatedly that something big was being planned. Of course, one should not need confirmation from Egyptian intelligence or any other source to understand that, a, that an attack emanating from the most surveilled region on Earth roughly the size of two Washington DCs involving tens of thousands of operatives, months if not years of planning, tons of equipment including tens of thousands of rockets imported and stockpiled in Gaza and an influx of cash to make it all happen could have possibly occurred without the tacit blessing if not active facilitation by Mossad and or the CIA. Almost immediately after the attack, the corporate state media launched a propaganda blitzkrieg to offer all manner of excuses for how Israeli intelligence failed to detect the most obvious build-up possible, precisely because it's so patently obvious to anyone with common sense that nothing of the sort was possible, that such a PR blitz is necessary to get out in front of the narrative. The provable untruth is any corporate state narrative is directly proportional to the intensity with which it is forced down the American public's throat. They claim the IDF was caught off guard because of Yom Kippur, despite the fact that, that Israel's enemies launched a surprise attack decades ago on the same holiday. They offered the excuse that the IDF had moved its forces to the West Bank to quell uprisings against settlers. The excuses defy basic logic. In such situations, it's also wise to ask the golden question, cui bono, who benefits? Bibi Netanyahu and Ali Khamenei, the self-styled supreme leader of Iran, are eternally bloodthirsty because war is the health of the state. There exists no better remedy for a political jam than an old-fashioned war. The vicious tribal animosities between Jews and Muslims existed long before either of these figures assumed power, but they exploit and capitalise on them for their own purposes. On the American home front, as it seems funding for Ukraine may not be politically feasible in the long term, the weapons contractors that live off of perpetual war are going to feast on whatever larger scale conflict emerges from the Gaza debacle. Chicken hawk Josh Hawley is already calling to redirect Ukraine war funding to Israel. You can expect this rhetoric to ramp up in the coming days and weeks. Calls for censorship and misinformation and hate speech on social media from the likes of the ADL will surely ramp up. Here's the censorious ADL spokesman yesterday on M MSNBC making hay of the attack.
If you criticise whatever war the US gets in, involved in coming up on behalf of Israel, you're going to be labelled an anti-Semite, Nazi. Your social media accounts will be suspended to the extent dissidents still have them and your bank account will be frozen. The governing authorities never let good tragedies go to waste. More often than not, their fingerprints are all over said tragedies. Ain't that the truth? And then the People's Voice reports ex-CIA analyst confirms US is supplying weapons to both sides of Israel-Hamas war. The United States is funding, arming and supporting both sides of the Israel-Hamas conflict, according to former CIA analyst Larry Johnson. Hamas is using US-supplied weapons to attack Israel, even as Washington steps up military aid to West Jerusalem, said Johnson, who added, it's probably 100% sure that the weapons were supplied by the United States. According to Johnson, the only question was whether the Palestinian militant group's weapons had come from U.S. supplies diverted from Ukraine, Afghanistan or the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. Noting there were no effective controls on the billions of dollars in arms and military financing funneled from the U.S. to Ukraine in the last two years, Johnson observed that even weapons supplied by Israel to Ukraine might have made it back to Hamas via the black market, suggesting the war unfolding in Gaza will tell us how extensive some of those weapons supplies have been. The burgeoning conflict would also force a re-evaluation of Washington's blank check to Ukraine, the ex-analyst predicted. Congress is going to insist that Israel gets put at the front of the line and that Ukraine is going to go to the back of the line. It's also going to embolden and make happen inspections and accounting in order to deliver to allow Ukraine to have any more weapons. Noting that Ukraine's losing on the ground, he predicted this is going to be portrayed in the media in the coming weeks as the fate of Israel if the US fails to supply sufficient weapons and cash to its Middle Eastern ally. And of course, we know that million, billions actually of dollars worth of equipment, military equipment, was left in Afghanistan when Biden did that disastrous withdrawal, which seems to be deliberate. Well, he, they obviously, the deep state obviously wanted to get those weapons onto the black market to enable these attacks. This article, <clears throat> this article also includes a video, and the title is "Insider: Israel Attack Was False Flag to Start Holy War and, uh, and Usher in One World Government." And I think anybody with their eyes open and who has been awake for some time would have smelt a rat immediately and just seen this as an obvious false flag to create more conflict across the world. The other thing that we've seen flooding mainstream media and social media are horrific videos of atrocities being committed by Hamas against Israelis. And I just have to say that, you know, we know that deep fake is possible in terms of creation of videos and also CGI. So we have to question everything that we're seeing. And I want to share with you a tweet that was posted by Keith Woods, or an ex-post, I should say. And this explains how atrocity propaganda over the many, many centuries in history has been used to dehumanize people and justify the in many cases, genocide that has been committed over those that they've demonized. And this is what we're seeing play out by Israel against Palestine. Now, I have to say, you know, I'm not taking sides in this. I'm just trying to explain the background to this and that we mustn't just swallow all the propaganda that's being put out and get caught up in this on an emotional level where we lose all reason. So this, this ex-post says, today we are witnessing the creation of atrocity propaganda in real time. What is atrocity propaganda and how has it been used to win support for war? A thread. 
An atrocity tale is designed to shock a mass audience by showing a violation of a fundamental cultural value which authorises force to stop the perpetrator. They are directed at groups rather than individuals. The ultimate goal is to dehumanise an enemy. An atrocity tale is a presentation of that event, real or imaginary, in such a way as to A, evoke moral outrage by specifying and detailing the value violations, B, authorise implicitly or explicitly punitive sanctions, and C, mobilise control efforts against the alleged perpetrators. A pure case of an atrocity story should contain each of these three elements. One of the earliest examples of atrocity propaganda was during the Irish Rebellion of 1641. Reports were sent to England of massacres of the innocent by the rebels and they were later used to justify Cromwell's slaughter of captured Irish rebels. The most graphic accounts were published in the English press. Newspapers fabricated graphic accounts of babies being ripped from pregnant women. These reports especially incited the English public against the Irish. Atrocity propaganda in 1641 versus 2023. Sorry for the graphic descriptions here, but it's um, essential to understand what's being done. Women in childbed, thence drawn out and cast into prison. One delivered of a child while she was hanging. One ripped up and two children taken away and all cast unto and eaten by swine. One other stabbed in the breast, her child sucking. An infant cruelly murdered, whom they found sucking his dead mother slain by them the day before. A child of 14 years of age taken from his mother in her flight, cast into a bog pit and held under water while he was drowned. The forcing 40 or 50 Protestants to renounce their profession and then cutting all their throats. And then the 2023 version, and it's a, an ex post by Aditya Raj Kol. A pregnant woman in southern Israel was found by Hamas terrorists. They dissected her body. Her stomach was cut open and they took the fetus out with the umbilical cord and let the unborn child die slowly out of his mother's womb. This is what inhuman savages Hamas do to people. With the spread of communications technology in the 20th century, atrocity propaganda became more important for garnering support for war. Some of the worst examples came in World War I. British propaganda backed by the press portrayed the Germans as barbaric aggressors. British media reported stories of the Germans bayoneting Belgian babies and cutting off their hands. Reports came from Belgium of giant German corpse factories where dead bodies were harvested to be turned into candles, lubricants and boot wax. One of the worst examples of atrocity propaganda is the so-called Nyerus testimony. In the run-up to the Gulf War, a 15-year-old Kuwaiti girl gave testimony to US Congress about the horrors of the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, most notably babies being pulled from incubators. In her testimony, she said, I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of incubators, took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. It was horrifying. Nayara's testimony was rebroadcast across the country and marked a turning point in public opinion on going to war with Iraq. President George H.W. Bush said they had kids in incubators and they were thrown out of the incubators so that Kuwait could be systematically dismantled. It turned out Nayara was the daughter of Kuwait's ambassador to the U.S., her testimony was organised as part of a Citizens for a Free Kuwait public relations campaign. This was itself a front group created by an American PR firm hired by the Kuwaiti government. Citizens for a Free Kuwait was an astroturf operation established by the Kuwaiti government to persuade the American public to look favourably on US military action in the Persian Gulf, the subsequent Operation Desert Storm. Its principal payment was to public relations firm Hill and Knowlton, who were associated with the false testimony to the U.S. Congress given by Nayara al-Sabah. You may notice a trend with these atrocity tales, children as a subject of violence. 
This makes sense, regardless of the intricacies of a conflict. If one side is slaughtering children, they are obviously irredeemably evil. Who could defend baby killers? Today, we may be seeing the creation of atrocity propaganda in real time, this time through the medium of social media. History should remind us to not be guided by emotion and treat all claims which direct us toward demands for war with a good degree of scepticism. And unfortunately, we're seeing social media influencers spreading this propaganda, potentially, without checking the validity of these reports. Charlie Kirk put an ex-post out. They found the bodies of 40 Jewish babies, some with their heads cut off. Pray for Israel. Ben Shapiro, if you can't see the difference between terrorists who behead babies, celebrate it and hide behind their own children to avoid consequence, and soldiers who attempt to avoid civilian casualties, you are not morally sophisticated. You are a fool and a dangerous fool at that. Keith Woods also posted, the only source for the beheaded baby's claim is a pro-genocide member of a radical settler movement. Despite the claim of the discovery of beheaded Jewish babies being reported across the world, we still have no evidence for this except one man's claim, a settler named David Ben Zion. And he includes a screenshot of a report from I-24 News English on X. They chopped heads of children and women, says David Ben Zion, deputy commander of Unit 71, to our Nicole Zedek, while reporting from the massacre in Kfar Azar in southern Israel. Ben Zion is an extreme Zionist who supports the apocalyptic temple movement. He works for a quasi-governmental Israeli settlement agency and has endorsed genocide of Palestinians. Old social media post from Ben Zion reveals he has a track record of endorsing war crimes and collective punishment against Palestinians. Greyzone reports that in 2016, Ben Zion wrote, the Palestinian people are an enemy. We can't change their barbaric DNA. Not only is Ben Zion the only source for this outlandish claim, but multiple other sources at the site said contradicted his claims. An Israeli journalist at the scene said no soldiers who inspected the site made any such reports, and an army spokesperson could not offer any corroboration. Why was this claim broadcast across the mainstream media as fact? We are being fed unverified atrocity propaganda with no critical examination by journalists. But Joe Biden jumped on the bandwagon and Armageddon Pros again reports Biden lied about seeing images of beheaded Israeli babies. The Brandon entity yesterday appeared in front of cameras with his script preloaded into the teleprompter behind the authoritative auspices of the White House podium, taking no questions before shuffling off to claim that he had seen first-hand images of beheaded Israeli children resulting from Saturday's assault on Israel by Hamas. Via NBC News, President Joe Biden painted a vivid picture of the horrors of the Israel-Hamas war in remarks to Jewish community leaders Wednesday, but the White House later had to clarify his claims. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children, Biden said, in broader remarks about his administration's support for Israel amid its war with Hamas and efforts to free American hostages. The White House did not immediately respond to a request for further details about Biden's remarks. Two senior administration officials said Biden was referring to reports from Israel about beheaded children and cited several media reports of beheadings. There was no ambiguity in the highly bombastic and inflammatory claim. Biden said he had seen confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. You'll be shocked to learn that he had seen no such pictures and he had received no such confirmation. In fact, the IDF has conspicuously refused to confirm the reported incident. Odd, given its access to the scene of the alleged crime and its obvious incentive to report on such atrocities if they had actually occurred. Who are these decapitated babies? What are their identities? Where are the families? The total lack of evidence, aside from hearsay, 
hasn't stopped the corporate state media, bolstered by lies from the White House, from running hogwild with the narrative. The article goes on to say, I can't emphasise how disappointed I am with conservatives who profess to be sceptical of the deep state who have suddenly thrown all of their scepticism out of the window for some reason when it comes to war propaganda emanating from the current Israel-Hamas conflict. Somehow they managed to suspend their disbelief after decades of war propaganda claims that have proven to be total bunk in this case, not to mention the total lack of scepticism of anything, literally any claim, escaping the lips of a lifelong swamp politician who was a serial liar before he had dementia. Lie by lie, the American people and the people of the whole world are dragged by their ears into World War III from which nothing potentially will survive save for a handful of cockroaches. And that's absolutely right. You know, as I always say, use your discernment and just don't buy into this propaganda that's being put out there across all media, social media and fake news media. And question everything, because there is a major agenda behind this in creating war and they'll do anything they can to get people to buy into this and put their, I support Israel or whoever the latest thing is, to, you know, support the deep state in their agenda to depopulate this planet. Um, Many people in the truth movement are calling this out and saying, these media people have lied to us about so many things for so long, and yet you're taking this as truth, taking it as read, and falling for yet another propaganda story. And the dehumanization of people is exactly what the Nazis did leading up to World War II. The good news is there are a lot more people waking up to this and questioning everything, which is fantastic. And I did see a poll that said 75% of people in Israel in the poll believed that Israel had allowed this attack from Hamas to happen. So if even the Israelis are saying that, the actual true Israeli Jews are saying that, then that is extremely encouraging. And they, they are up in arms against Netanyahu for many of the things that he's done. And you know, Netanyahu, as Ben Fulford has said for years, is Khazarian Mafia, part of the Khazarian Mafia, part of the Zionists. So I think this is another case where we're probably getting more exposure, the great reveal of the true nature of these people who are in positions of power. And I think leading up to more and more um, justification for charging these people with crimes against humanity. The Israelis have committed atrocities against Palestinians for years, and now they've cut off electricity and water and everything necessary for life. They're saying the Palestinian civilians should leave the northern part of Gaza, but they've nowhere to go. The Egyptians won't open the border. Um, they're completely hemmed in for Israel to then bombard them um, regardless of whether it's Hamas they're attacking or the civilians. So, you know, there is fault on both sides. Hamas, I think, was funded and encouraged and so on by Iran, and that was helped by the $6 billion of sanctions that have been released to Iran. So this is a major, major mess. It's it's crimes against humanity. It is literally diabolical. So please don't get caught up in the propaganda and take sides. I'm just going to be praying for peace and for this whole thing to be over without it leading to a major conflict across the world. So I've run out of time. I hope that's been useful. I can't say you're likely to enjoy it, but it needs to be put out there. 
So I'd like to quickly say thank you to Nancy for producing and I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.